Halt. Who goes there? Greetings. I am the master interrupter and emissary of this episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Crew. Stations. Scanning for. Small soldiers. 1998. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter of powers. I love the smell of polyurethane in the morning. Polyurethane? <laughs> that too. And napalm, whatever. <laughs> also for this discussion of the film Small Soldiers, we welcome back aboard newly elected president of Geeks Under Grace, ship's IT specialist, LJ Lowry. Welcome, LJ. Greetings. I'm LJ, emissary of the Geeks Under Grace. <laughs> uh, but we need a of uh, a fuller squad of podcaster elites to tackle this film. So in addition to El Presidente, we welcome back aboard creator and host of the Victims and Villains podcast and ministry, Captain Nostalgia himself, Josh Berkey. Welcome, Josh. There will be no mercy. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> um, For this review. Wait, you did, you did not let me finish oh. when Francisco starts. Oh, my this God. section. <laughs> Well, uh, let me start by saying, actually, let me finish by saying, uh, Josh, this is actually your third outing with us. So Woo-hoo. you're now promoted to shipman. Congratulations. And what department would you like to serve on on the pod? Uh, I don't know. It's somewhere uh, where I get to give out, give out high fives and stickers. You oh, are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hospitality or gre- yeah, yeah, greeter. Go. Yes, I like that. Greeter, that's a good one. Yes. De- greeting department. Uh, oh, no. No, no, no. Your PR, public relations. That's that's it. You're in our PR. Which is department. ironic because that's like the favorite part of the job that I have. So. Oh, really? Oh, oh perfect. Awesome. I agree. It's, it's a fun thing to do. Welcome to our latest uh, ship's PR specialist. Something like that. Anyway, th- congratulations, Josh. And thanks for being on the show three times. Uh, up in the world. What? <laughs> <laughs> Moving up in the world. Exactly. Exactly. Your pay goes up so much. Just whatever. I mean, it's it doubles. Well, it doubles. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, now that we have, I would disagree. Now that we have a not so quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Small Soldiers? Sure. The movie Small Soldiers was released July 10th, 1998. It missed the 4th of July by a week. <laughs> it runs an hour and 50 minutes and is rated PG-13. It was directed by the Gremlins guy. The Joe same guy who directed Dante? Yes. Okay. He has a peak and maybe an inferno. I don't know. I have to ask Joe. Dante. With lead oh stars my gosh, being- <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> Lead stars in this movie being uh, Kristen Dunst, Gregory Smith, and David Cross. And there might be even more anyway, but they're not as elite. Never mind. The music was composed (laughs) by Jerry Goldsmith (laughs) of Star Trek fame. Mm -hmm. And are you ready to play box office? I am ready. 
All right. Small Soldiers was made for about $40 million and went on to earn over $70 million in the box office oh. worldwide. All right. Fair enough. So given this and the fact that it is in the living toys genre. That's a how, genre? That is a genre. Okay. Which includes, uh, there's actually 43 of these movies. Which includes anywhere from Toy Story 4 to all the way back to Pinocchio being the first one. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah. And that includes like the Lego movie and sure. also some h- horror movies like Chucky and... Yeah. That and makes sense. Oh, wow. Yeah. So out of 43, where do you think Small Soldiers fits in? In wow. the box office. Uh, let's start with LJ. What do you think? I'm going to go 20. Cut it right in half. 20? How about you, Josh? Right around, like, I'm going to stick with LJ, like, 21, 22. Okay, well, 21 or 22. Wait, you can pick both? No, I'm asking which one. (laughs) Oh, okay. 22. All right. 22, okay. Uh, Dale picks seven. I'm I'm thinking it's a bit higher, maybe, so I'm going to go with 10. Uh, Paul, what is the answer? It is a bit higher than 20, meaning that it's 18. Oh, wow. So I think that goes to LJ this time. Congrats, yeah. LJ, for knowing your movie box office numbers, kind of. For maybe. getting a good guess. Get, yeah, or, or that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or our subsequent roundtable discussion, which we will get to once Alice has located our target film. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. This summer, don't sweat the comet. Forget about the lizard. Don't look up. Oi, that's big. Look down. Commando, attack! Are you gonna let yourself get beat by a bunch of stupid toys? On July 10th. I'm having an aneurysm. Size isn't everything. It's a small world after all. Small soldiers. This film is not yet rated. Starts Friday, July 10th. Medic! That commercial definitely brings back some memories about small soldiers, but to give you some context for the things we collectively remembered most before our rewatch, here is our, our memory mind meld synopsis for this film. Kids get soldier and alien toy robots, which are struck by lightning and then become alive. I'm not a ma'am. It's human toys versus anthropomorphic anthropomorphic toys <laughs> because they love war and are somehow going to rule the world. The commandos run amok through the town and create a Franken and create Franken Barbies because what's war without Spice Girls? <laughs> The, this causes a young Mary Jane to figure out a way to stop the evil toys. Then movie comes to a shocking conclusion when the toys are defeated. Uh, yeah, that was kind of... I mean, in general, that was right, but there are definitely elements of that that were... Incepted. Uh, but based on those memories, as flawed as they were, what rating did they lead us to predict for this movie before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Josh, what say you? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Every time. Every time? Well, is your <laughs> Captain Nostalgia, so everything's nostalgic? No, I <laughs> I love this film. As we previously talked about on Victims and Villains, Yes, I, I adore this film. I will go ahead and say, if you want to hear, if you're like, 
I love this conversation you guys had about uh, small soldiers. I need more. You can go check out Victims and Villains episode 100. There's like two episode 100s, I think. And we're on cool. the second one, I think. It Yeah. It's, so the episode title is called The Legacy of Phil Hartman yes. Part 2. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Okay. I see. And uh, so, yeah, you can check out more small soldiers talk from uh, me, Paul, and Josh over there. Okay. So uh, Josh says nostalgic. Dale and Chet says nostalgic. Hicks, I don't know. I'm going to assume he says tragic. Uh, LJ, what is your prediction? <laughs> uh, my prediction was nostalgic. Nostalgic as well. Paul? Tragic. Uh, and I'm with my XO here. Tragic <laughs> was my prediction as well. We'll see if those pan out, though. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Small Soldiers. Let's spin up our... Best three. Okay, let's start with uh, LJ. You nominated this movie. Give us one thing you liked about it. Um, one thing I liked about it, I won't get into some of the deeper stuff. Um, I thought there was some really fun moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being when uh, Brick Bazooka was chasing him, chasing, uh, chasing him down whenever he was on the bike chasing. Alan. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was that was a fun moment. That was pretty hilarious with the dog and everything. I yeah. um. Go ahead, finish. Oh, I was I was gonna say there was other fun moments too. Like you could tell there was there was moments where the actors felt like they were having fun with it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when they were in the house, uh, defending the house and everything like yes, that. Yes, yeah. There was just a, a couple of those fun moments that I feel like are make make this movie a fun watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say I really appreciate how uh, on that little bit that you just spoke of where he's trying to get on the bike. I thought that was really cool how uh he's almost up to the backpack to open it up and then he hits a pothole and then he has to start over again i thought that was a cool just even though it was for the the quote-unquote bad guy i liked how there was some struggle to it it wasn't just this simple i just climb up the bike and there we have it so i i appreciated that thought in in how they uh did it remind you of playing Donkey Kong and then start all over again? <laughs> yes, exactly like that. Or any game from that era. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah pretty mm-hmm. much. Pretty much. Uh, but uh, let's go to Paul next. What's something you liked? I thought there were a lot of fun uh, military phrases thrown in all over this Yeah, Just little true. things that like be all you can be just about any military phrase that you could ever think of is in this movie the reference to yeah with the the puzzle flag in the The background (laughs) yeah and they twist it to make it their own i thought it was great that definitely i though there's one line that chip uh played by timely jones says like he says uh he's the d word i'm gonna say dang the torpedoes i didn't really get what that had to do with anything but it's a military is it? Right, is yes. it really? Yes, I think it's like uh, what are those sailors called? The Navy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the Navy, huh? Amazing. Yeah. All right. Okay, it's so you like quotation? Liked... Actually, it's oh. a quotation attributed to David Fargot, referring to an order given at the Battle of Mobile Bay. Oh, all right. Then another military. You you got cool. all right, Paul. You're yeah you... in 1864. American Civil War. I guess I should listen to my exo, but I actually want to listen to Josh next. What's something you liked about this film? <laughs> so this is something that I have only recently had an appreciation for, oh. and that is the 
film score by Jerry Goldsmith. Really? It's very larger than life, but it's, mm. it's very theatrical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Dana, Dana, mm-hmm. it's like very heavy on the horns, very heavy. Yeah. And like, I've, the deeper I get into my love of film, mm-hmm. the more that I start to really listen more to film scores and like start to adore them more so yeah. this is this was definitely something that i came out of in my most recent viewing prepping for this this podcast i adore jerry goldsmith's uh and if i'm not mistaken i think he also did the gremlin score too maybe i don't recall i know he covered gremlins i don't remember what episode <laughs> that was but i don't remember the composer um i do want to say that i'm curious you like the music and I, I can appreciate you liking it. Did you, and if this goes into your dislikes, you can say, I decline to state. Did you find it at all jarring when they would use sort of popular music or rock music, like like well-known songs instead of score? So it's funny. I, I kind of think of, the, I would compare the soundtrack to something like Watchmen, where mm-hmm. Watchmen had a really good score that stood on its own Mm -hmm. and then you slowly kind of got into the (laughs) and it had hallelujah whereas this one in small soldiers you had that vietnam you had spice girls you had uh like there's 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 really well-placed songs they they and nothing ever feels out of place. I feel like they they did a really good job at balancing the music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jerry Goldsmith did uh, the Gremlin soundtrack as well, so ah, good catch on that. Yeah, good call. Good call. Let's go back to LJ. What's something you liked about this film? I really liked the uh, animation of the toys. I thought it was very clever, especially uh, whenever they're trying to like fake it at first. Mm -hmm. But as, as the movie goes on, you see them like loosen up a little bit. Uh, No pun intended. Cause (laughs) so I used to do with my toys, but, (laughs) but, um, but I thought it was really cool. Just how they ease you into that. So it's not really that jarring at first. Just the way Archer moves his head and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the way, like the way they try to mask it, I think is so cool. And after a while, the commandos, they just don't really care. Um, but I, I loved, I loved how kind of far they went with it, especially like watching some of the later scenes and just watching the way those toys animated. I thought it was really cool. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, uh, Paul, you tend to pick up on t- things like that. Was that something you liked? Oh, definitely. But one of the things that surprised me about this movie was the, the cast. And I, I, I know we mentioned this on victims and villains, but it's, you know, been some time since we've seen it. And I forgot some of the cast in here that it, there, it's just even from the, the toy voices, all yes. the voices of the toys mm-hmm. to the human live acting cast. It was, it's it's a pretty big cast, and they got mm-hmm. some well known faces and voices in here, and that Absolutely. was nice, surprising to see. Yeah, go, going off that, one of the things I liked was I thought Kirsten Dunst was actually pretty cute in this film. I was I was surprised at hey, how she's under eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, she's cute. Okay, yeah. I was waiting for someone to make that joke. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> this came out in ninety eight. In ninety eight, I was. 
underage. 17. So okay, it's fine. fine. Okay. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you said she's hot, so you're okay. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm okay there. Dodge the bullet. No, uh, I, but I thought she was cute. I had some qualms with her character, but I thought... Are we going to get into that later? Or gonna, you get into we it might now? get into that later. Okay. Uh, but overall, I thought her character um, made sense. She, I thought she did a good job portraying yeah. uh, Christy. So anyway, let's go to Josh. What's something uh, you liked? And then we'll get into our classic makers. So I think out of every, to kind of piggyback off what Paul said, to mm-hmm. piggy, I don't think this movie would have been as memorable for me had it not been for Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones as Chip Hazard. Chip Hazard is fantastic. Like there's just an intensity he brings to the role. And mm-hmm. I would have loved to really see him bring that character to life through some behind the scenes stuff. But Oh yeah. I would I I have to on down the the DVD or the Blu-ray. But I absolutely adore him as this as Major Chip Hazard because when you watch him in other films like he has he's just one of those actors that like he can be like really lovable and sweet Mm -hmm. and funny but he when he's like intense like he's no holds bar intense and that's the way that he is as chip hazard and that's exactly (laughs) what that character needed Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's kind of weird. You take lovable Agent K from Men in Black and you kind of make him the head villain. And then you take Skeletor from Masters of the Universe <laughs> and you make guy. him like the, the main good guy. And you're like, wait, what's going on here? Quite quite the flip-flop. Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, Tommy Jones definitely, I, I guess I'd call it, like he has a swagger to him that he can go between, yeah, this like really kind, gentlemanly guy to this like rough, uh, rough roughneck this rough and gruff <laughs> guy it's I, I i that's a a great way of thinking about him I, I like that josh thank you yeah well with that guys let's get into our classic makers the things we liked most about this film uh, apparently tommy lee jones was not uh was not josh's most favorite thing what was your most favorite thing josh so lj actually said it as his second one my dun, classic dun, dun. maker is the animatronics. I Ooh, love yeah. the relationship between the animatronics and the three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think probably my favorite scene with that is the scene where Major Chip Hazard and Archer are fighting on the the power line mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's <clears throat> so gorgeous. And I, just, I don't know, Like, there's just something about it that I love practical effects to begin with. Mm-hmm. So to see a film as late as 98 to really dive into something with animatronics, I think that's one of the reasons that this film has always attached to me so deeply as it has because uh, just just for that being one of many things, but the animatronics is the best part of this movie. Awesome. Okay, you know, I'm pretty much right there with you. I sort of had to both... <laughs> I, I And I... I said this a little bit on our on when we guested with you josh on your podcast victims and villains victims and villains.com victims and villains.net because hope is the net that'll catch you out of depression oh Oh, nice i like it anyway i I said i spoke to this a bit but i'll reiterate a bit and hopefully expand 
I really, even from the, like the, when you're seeing that opening, it's not quite the opening. It's the opening title sequence, which wasn't a uh, white text on a black background, Paul. I, I assume you like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're seeing the toys being built. And I thought that was really cool just seeing their design. And each one was so unique. I loved how the Commander Elites were all unique. I mean, you definitely saw that they belong together. You saw the, the Gorgons. There's a bit too much variation in the Gorgonites. They almost look like a. I don't know. Uh, I'm not cookie cutter. Not a rose guy. <laughs> but they seemed a bit too like uh, Island of Misfit Toys. Like the only thing that oh, yeah. sort of connected them was that they were very odd looking. Um, so I would have liked a little bit more cohesion in their design. Wow. But Wait, way to be anti-alien. They were very, <laughs> they're very unique, and uh, I, I like the variety that they had. And just so these, what I'm trying to say is uh, the overall design of these. Uh, figures, these characters, it was amazing. I, I think we were saying uh, in the on the other show that it, we wish they had actual toys with this level of detail because they were so yeah. nicely realized. And and I I really could not tell uh, when it transitioned from CG to animatronic actual practical effects. I mean, sometimes it sort of was in my head. Oh yeah, this obviously could not be done. But then I was second guessing myself, but maybe it could because it looks so real. <laughs> so I, I was, I, that is my classic maker, just how the overall design and how well they executed that design on film. If I can, real quick, yeah. I think also to, to add to that, there is the Gorgonites were never meant to really be the enemy of the. Ma- major, the commando elite like mm-hmm. they were basically in the wrong place wrong time the dennis Leary's character is like i like this guy i like what he stands for they need enemies we're gonna make these guys enemies so like it 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 kind of like flows out of like just being circumstances which i guess kind of like leads into like sort of dislikes so Ooh. i'm not even supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> Well, Paul, you're not supposed to. Well, you are supposed to be here on this podcast. Why don't you give us yeah. your classic maker while you're here? I completely agree that this movie blows me away with its special effects. I still wait, wait. I, okay, isn't, I, I'm watching. Okay, what? I was gonna say, isn't Tommy Lee Jones in a movie called Blow Blown Away? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Anyway, <laughs> this movie i purposely have the dvd quality i don't want to get the high def because then i might be able to see the seams where things uh where real and make-believe are easier seen because like you francisco there's okay there are shots where it's like okay that's animatronic and there are shots that okay that's uh, 3d animation Mm -hmm. but there are some that i'm sure are a mixture of both but there are a, a lot that I just don't know what they're doing and it looks real and it's amazing. And I'm thinking that is not possible yet. I am seeing this. Yeah, exactly. This is amazing. So the technology that, and this is like a late nineties, like the, yeah, techno- the special effects wasn't as great, nearly as great as it is now. And mm-hmm. this movie still blows me away. Special effects wise more than a lot of today's movies do. Um, we're getting better. We're getting a lot better. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I'm completely almost flabbergasted by some of those scenes. It's, it's, 
I, I can't wait when they come up with a sequel of this to see the de-aging on Chip Hazard's doll. It's going to be astounding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was not where I was going to go. <laughs> you make this movie and have Andy Serkis just play all of Oh, there you go. There you, you go. know, <laughs> they were going to remake a sequel. Uh, remake a po- sequel? No, they were going to make a sequel called Toy Mageddon. Oh, really? Uh, about five or six years ago. But it got canceled wow. because it was being developed by Fox and Disney bought Fox. And they said, no, it's like too much like Toy Story. Jeez. Which would have been cool it, mashup. Yeah. Why don't we get <laughs> yeah, these characters in Toy Story 5 or whatever? But yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be awesome. Toy McGinnis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, Dale. Blown Away is Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges. I called it. You added to it. Thank you for the assist. Carrying on, though, let's get to our last classic maker from LJ. What did you love most about Small Soldiers? <clears throat> uh, I, we kind of talked about it earlier, but the actors across the board were yeah. kind of my favorite part about this movie after a while. When it started, it was kind of like kind of cheesy at first mm-hmm. but then like it felt like later into the movie it felt like they started having more fun with it mm-hmm. yeah they um, got the groove yeah. yeah yeah and so just the uh, the voice actors especially um whoever was doing the voice for insaniac some of the lines that character had were so funny that's kind of uh, yeah i was gonna say it. i thought it, was it, like it, it was actually michael mckean oh uh, really yeah oh wow I, I didn't bother to like look up who it was but that it, was fun yeah it did sound like i thought it was steve buscemi as well but mrs it, peacock it, yeah. is a man yes it's mr green <laughs> mr. <laughs> not squiggy it's the other guy anyway <laughs> yeah um but just the actors as a whole um i liked i liked them all really like even when it was kind of cheesy like it seemed like they were enjoying like filming the movie i thought mm-hmm. um phil hartman and um and j- just the rest and Phil Hartman, he plays like the same character in a lot of the movies. In the movies, I remember him at least, like Jingle All the Way. He's kind of the same guy. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just like <laughs> watching that again. I was like, oh yeah, like this dude, uh, he I enjoys playing those kind of characters. I think, um, and he's so good at them. He's yeah, so good at them. But yeah, I think all the actors across the board, and then I can't remember his name, but the dad. Uh, Alan's dad played in Transformers. I can't remember his name at the moment. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He was right. the dad in Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget his name, yeah. Wit- yeah he... <laughs> Abernathy yeah, Witwicky. Yeah. What last names this guy gets? Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn, yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he was, he was fun, because that's where I had recognized him initially when I saw Transformers. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I know yep. what. I know what. But yeah, I, I liked all of all of the actors in it. It seemed like they had fun across the board, voiceover uh, or not. I think yeah. the, that was my classic maker. Who played it? Even- Go ahead. I was going to say, who played Alan Abernathy, the kid? The uh, kid? Gregory Smith. So you, l- you really like Gregory least. Smith, huh? Well, except for him, really. He's kind of <laughs> like the character I don't really like. But- Everything did, else, everybody else was good. I didn't yeah, they, mean to make you telegraph a dislike, but that really that was wasn't fine. a major dislike on my list. Oh, okay. But okay. I, he was just somebody I didn't care for. He's he's the plot device, basically. You know, like yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. But those were our classic makers. Those are the things we loved most about Small Soldiers. And now it's time. To, oh, ah, man. I yeah. It's you think by now. After 193 episodes, I learned. But no. Yeah, what a surprise. Like a surprise visit from a, a hologram doctor you don't expect. 
Like in what? this movie, Robert Picardo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> well, I think there's no holograms in this. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Oh, oh, that's where you're going with that. No, there's one more thing I like, guys. Strangers and Aliens. This is a conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction and explores this same fiction through the lens of God's relationship with men. Join Ben Avery, Dr. Jace O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story in their conversations about the intersection of faith and imagination. Find them at strangersandaliens.com. That's beautiful. That's great. Because when you said Strangers and Aliens, I'm like, of course, if this movie were to be renamed something, that's a good alternate title. Exactly. Exactly, Paul. I'm glad you're picking up what I'm putting down here. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I don't want to just leave you there. I want. How about we pl- do some trivia about small soldiers proper? How all about right. that? Okay. Get back to the movie. Get yeah. back to the movie, yeah. So... Did you all realize that Joe Dante, the director of Small Soldiers, originally wanted the cast of Predator from 1987 to voice the Commando Elite with Arnold Schwarzenegger voicing Chip Hazard, Shane Black would voice Kip uh, Killigan, Carl Weathers would voice uh, Butch Meathook, Jesse Ventura would voice Brick Bazooka, uh, Sonny Landham, Landham would voice Nick Nitro, and Bill Duke would voice Link Static. That would have been amazing. That would have been, that been, would have been great. terrible. What are you talking about? That would have been amazing. I know you like Tommy Lee Jones and all, but that that would have been great. Arnold would not have been nearly as good as Tommy Lee Jones. No, but, but yes, I I would I would love the reference. I think that. yeah, I think they went. They'd have to go with a different design for Chip Hazard. Uh, he couldn't have been the older. It would have been great. <laughs> I, okay, all right. I I'm I ready to Chip Hazard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but that makes me think, guys. What action movie do you think would be really cool to see redone as toys playing all the parts? So you re- essentially recast the, all the characters as toys. Uh, they could look like the actors. They could look different. But it'd be toys as the main roles. What action movie would you like to see that done in? This I know. is a hard one. Yeah. Good, good. I'm, I love it when I can stump you guys. I, I, yeah, I was I was thinking Batman, but it wouldn't oh. be as good. I'm trying to think of something I haven't seen Robot Chicken do is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dale oh. here in chat says, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be cool to see yeah. as toys. I, I got a good one. It'd make it pretty easy. How about mm-hmm. He-Man? Oh, nice. Yeah, Masters of the, the universe. 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 There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be fun to see the Expendables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As that would be good. All toys. Paul That's and Captain Nostalgia. Really hard. Yeah. I'm like I'm like still on this like bad boys high, so like oh, part okay. of me would kind of want to see Bad Boys 2 oh, redone in, in like toy format, but I'm trying to think about like what what type of toy would you do like would it would it be like legos would it be something like he-man mm-hmm. like it's that's what? that's the hard part is like what what style mm-hmm. toy would you do for it that could, movie you could add, i didn't say but that'd be a, that's a yeah. good qualifier i guess for me for expendables i'd go sort of the gi joe ask which enthusiast here in chat said gi joe is the reverse toys as humans that's very true oh yeah uh paul were you did you have one Yes. Okay. You know the the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 
uh, remake with uh, uh, is it something out? Is it the one Stephen something, out of, something out of the shadows? Uh-huh. Oh, the, oh, yeah, shadows. from two thousand. Yeah, something like yeah. you know the latest you know CG monstrosity <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> I would remake that with the old Ninja Turtle toys that look like oh, the cartoon. Oh yes, that's so, great. Yeah, and all that, but played that movie with with those toys. Oh my gosh! Or, or even it. the uh, the CGI one TMNT that I really like. That would be a fun one to do. To do that's it, a good the toys, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should maybe review that. Maybe not. I think yeah, it came out it's, in 2000. I think 2000, so yeah, it is. Um, would Star Wars be cheating, Dale? No, I don't think so. You could, but you said Raiders of the Lost Ark already, so. Um, so you can't you do can it. You can't, you can't <laughs> double chip a, a double stamp patrol stamp or something like that. Josh, <laughs> we're still waiting for you. Come on. Come on. I said, I said bad boys. Oh, I didn't. Oh, bad yeah, you did say boys too. Edna <laughs> mode. I knew that. I didn't forget. <laughs> that camo is going to your brain, bro. <laughs> TMNT came out in 2007. 2007, really? Yeah, the CG one that was like a spiritual like sequel to like Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, if I you no older. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, awesome guys. Thank you so much. That's those are great picks. Uh, I'm especially fond of Paul's. I think that's a really fabulous one. But those were great. all good. Uh, thank you for playing with uh, this uh, wheel of triviality or something to that effect. Anyway. Uh, yeah, thanks guys. Okay, great trivia, Francisco. And I have the answer to our last audience question Ooh. from last episode, which again was how many movies and what are they have we covered that contains Alfred Molina? That's not Batman's butler, right? No, that's <laughs> okay. Not, I don't know what Alfred's <laughs> last name is. <laughs> oh, Pennyworth. Oh, Pennyworth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Alfred <laughs> Molina. Gull. Oh, because we just did Spider-Man 2. Oh, there's one. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, we did not get any responses with the correct answer, which was three. Spider-Man 2, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Maverick. Yeah. Apparently, no one's Maverick. showing us trust, but that's okay. Yeah. He, he was in Raiders? Yeah. 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 The... That was his first role. Mm-hmm. He's the at the beginning. He's like, throw me the I throw you the idol. Exactly. Who's helping Indy in the very first tomb that they're going into? That's Alfred Molina. Before the ball starts. Ro- oh, well, as the ball starts rolling. Yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. So now here's this episode's listener question. What Tommy Lee Jones movie would you love for us to cover? Se- yeah. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Send your answers to that question again. Which Tommy Lee Jones movie would you like us to cover? Uh, you can send those to trivia at retrorewindpodcast.com. By the time we, we, we record the next episode, which gives you usually like a week and a couple days to respond. And yeah, this this is pretty open-ended. There's no right or wrong answer unless you give us a movie that doesn't have Tommy Lee Jones in it. Then I guess that would be a wrong answer. But yeah, just... Miss Daisy. I don't think he's in there. And it has to be 15 years or older. Yeah, well, I mean, you could still suggest one that's not. Oh, so, yeah. But I don't think you'll get the, our... our fabulous prize of a twitch subscription gifted twitch subscription to our channel which gets you emotes of which if you don't know what an emote is on twitch there's these little emojis on twitch they're called emotes but they're particular to each channel and we have ones that mainly pertain to the gaming streams i do but uh we have those and also you can get uh you can get uh access to our uh 
behind not behind the scenes that'd be cool <laughs> behind the scenes of the podcast no, our, the scenes. our bonus content of the show anyway continuing on now that we have all had some trivial fun let's find out what memories you our awesome rewinders had about small soldiers R- ricky lambert uh, says universal studios allowing guests to visit the set as a way to promote the film that is cool that is always a cool thing about universal yeah uh, the fat man underscore zero eight zero eight says one of my favorites from my childhood. I still love this movie. Oh, nice. A world win. Of... Yeah. A win or when? Win. Oh. That guy wins. Oh, he wins yeah. or loses. Depending on your point of view. Wardale White, <laughs> uh, different, uh, says a different kind of toy story, pitting the one group of toys against the other. Frank Langella. Is it Langella or Langella? Depends on who you ask. I've heard Langella. <laughs> Langella and Tommy Lee Jones are superior when it came to the voices of their characters. Fun time at the movies. Uh, I'm sorry. J- Jokers? Yeah, Jokers Customs. Yeah. Uh, basically, this is on Instagram. He <laughs> says everything. I'm recreating these. And have you gone to his Instagram file? No. He's 3D printing them. Like oh, piece by really? Piece, like the hand of the arm, like pieces. Oh, cool. And redo, like rebuilding them from scratch. That's cool. And they, look, they look really awesome. So go check out, uh, I'll spell it, J-O-K-3-R-Z underscore C-U-S-T-O-M-S. So go check them out and, and his projects. That's really very cool. cool. Awesome. Uh, David Gardner says, using muffin tins to brainwash Barbie dolls. Also, a throwback to first-gen Transformers, where they arbitrarily decide who was good and who was bad. (laughs) Crypto1999 says, I first saw it on Cartoon Network Movie Night about 10 years ago, and I was hooked. Oh. Christopher Wilson Sullivan says, I remember the song Wannabe playing during a fight scene between the toys. Okay. Alex Ortiz says, when Alan's dad comes by the toy store to check on him, it's always, it always bothers me when his dad inspects the toy boat, touches the mast, and immediately falls <laughs> over. But some sound designer decides to add a big snap before the fall. So when his dad starts yelling at him, like, how did this happen? I get mad at dad. I'm like, it was you. You broke it right <laughs> now. <laughs> Great movie, though. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Uh, Jerry Steve Forey says Burger King's Rodeo Cheeseburger was the best thing about the movie. <laughs> what? The Rodeo Cheese or the Rodeo Cheeseburger is really good. I like. It. Is that in sauce. the movie? No, it was. They I promoted it. With oh, okay. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure James Cameron stole the idea for Avatar from the main good guy. I really think we should invest in small soldiers that could take down bad guys. If you had yeah. to face 100 toys in hand-to-hand combat. And those toys took on all the persona that their creators intended. Who would be your worst nightmare? He-Man, My Little Pony, Polly Pocket, Stretch Armstrong, Spawn, who? So we'll each take, uh, yeah, just we'll go around real quick. Oh, uh, no, because I responded to him uh, and I said, that's a terrifying question. I, I don't know. who. <laughs> well, you're going to have to pick one real fast. Just what what cartoon comes to mind first? A uh, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Guns. All right. Uh, LJ, first cartoon comes to mind. Uh, does it have to be like action figures? Because no. I, oh, I, lived, well. I lived the nightmare of Monster Jam trucks and Hot Wheels all over the place already. So those being alive would be even worse. Oh, Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. 
my nephew like is in love with Hot Wheels and Monster Jam trucks right now, and they're all over the floor sometimes. Oh gosh, that just made me think of one that I wasn't thinking, but that though. Do you guys remember where you could um make like you put this like a gelatin into these tins and then you bake them, and there was uh, bugs and creepy crawly yes. things. Yes. So that'd be my worst. Just have it would all literally these... be monster trucks. Creepy yes. crawlers. Is yeah, creepy crawlers. Called. Yeah, that's it. Ooh. Or before you put the slime in, just have it be big in the blob and it comes after you. And like, <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's even worse. Thanks, Paul. And how about you, John? Yeah. <laughs> uh, since you said it, I probably, I like focused in on Spawn because like, oh. Spawn is a terrifying character. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely already. So to like meet him face to face, it would be like meeting the Spectre face to face. He'd be like, hiding in dark, small corners. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Thank you for that uh, question, Dirty C40. Reed Benson, Phil, uh, Reed Benson says Phil Hartman's last live action appearance. Bittersweet. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Jackie underscore sculpted from clay underscore clay says love heart emoji. Paul J. Power says, I remember reviewing this movie for Victims and Villains 100th episode. We already reviewed this movie. I remember when there was a rule Why that did they we put could, you in? couldn't review a movie. If we recently saw it within five years, then I remember we changed it to be within two years. Do you know when we last reviewed this movie? The 100th episode came out in February 2018. That means it's been less than two years. Why are we reviewing this movie so soon? Because listeners like you demanded it. I don't think I pasted that in. I think there's been a, a, a foul work at play. That's the problem is I did nominate it, but people voted for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't be covering if people didn't vote for it. We gotta go. We gotta <laughs> go with what the people demand. And finally, Kevin Joshua Burnham says Burger King's endless commercial cycle of the small soldiers' toys and their introduction of the rodeo burger. Okay, so I didn't realize that I'd come out with this. With this, um, many parents were livid at the studio for targeting the children for this non-child-friendly movie, and Steven Spielberg was sued for stealing a student's film class idea. It changed a lot of filmmakers' mind on him and his filmmaking technique. So I, I was a little confused by that because Joe Dante directed this. I know Spielberg was one of the heads at DreamWorks. DreamWorks. So maybe that oh. is the connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for those reviews. And I guess, you know what? Changing our minds on things, Dapper Man slash Kevin Joshua Burham's last comment sort of leads us into our next section being our dislikes worst three yes our worst three things that we like that we disliked about small soldiers that made like bad things that weren't so small in our eyes let's start with paul um I don't, so a lot of the things that really caught me out threw me out of the movie was the plot points like mm. one of them, his dad missing tools. I don't know if you have tools like that, but my grandpa did. Like, oh. there's a lot of tools that that tool thing can hold. That yeah. tool holder, whatever, all those tools, uh-huh. and they were all gone. And he was like, "Where are my tools?" That's a lot of tools to be missing, and yeah. they never really showed up anywhere. Like, here's a tool, there's a tool. There would be like a str- where whatever happened to those tools? We don't know because you know there a lot of their mechanics were like fixing like specific mechanical things not like traditional things that he would work with yeah yeah so so So, sort of like loose plot threads that were never yeah uh, 
uh, yeah. sewn up. Okay, I get exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, LJ. What's something that you felt like wasn't really uh, very summed up in this movie, or wasn't very uh, put together in this movie? Um, wasn't very well assembled in this movie. Ah, um, that would have been so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right off the bat, to me, what what kind of was not a good start for me was um, kind of um, what Paul was saying is plot points was because the way he gets the toys is like straight up illegal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? I was like, wait a minute, like this is wrong. No, like, he just charged his account. It's all good. <laughs> but I was just like, wow, like, really? This is how this happened? He's like, yeah, he's he's just like straight up negotiating with him. Like, you know, and I'm just like, really? This is the way it starts? And it was just one of those things where I guess as a kid, I didn't quite understand the the things like that. And, you know, just the details like that, that I just had no like knowledge of. Yeah. And so yeah, it was just I- get older i want to know how big his budget was for this that he could afford to order all those yeah and then they said those things were like 80 dollars a piece yeah those are some expensive action figures yeah geez yeah i I was like that that would have been crazy and okay oh here we go i don't think as expensive as that was i don't think it'd be expensive enough for the type of technology to make yeah. these toys move like they do, learn like they do, and it's you just eighty thousand. It's yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he does say to throw a couple zeros on them later. So yeah, yeah I think that'd be more realistic. And I'm kind of going back backtracking. That wasn't really uh, dislike per se, but I had to tack that on because that was a frustration. I, I want to go back to what Paul said about. Um, him like losing his tools and stuff. I mean, he this uh, Alan's dad is definitely struggling with this toy business. But how how does he? I guess this goes actually more to what you're saying, LJ. How does he expect? Oh well, my dad, who's been this in, in this gig for so long, he's not doing so well. I'm a kid. I know what's up. I'm going to make this business better. I mean, it just seems like ridiculous. He knows what kids want, and kids don't <laughs> want that. Which brings me to another point. How is his dad <laughs> making rent? Like, how can they afford that place? He must be a trust fund baby. <laughs> what if he inherited it, though? Exactly. Like, they got he's making money other places. Well, yeah, and apparently he was at a very stressful job before they moved there. So I'm thinking... They may have savings or something from that stressful job. And she was working too, so. Okay, so she's the breadwinner, if that makes sense. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But we've sort of left Josh behind here. I know, I yeah, know yeah, yeah, it's like your favorite movie ever, Josh, but <laughs> what's. It's not. I'm going to throw that out there. Forever. Whoa, hold your horse. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Paul. But what's yeah. something you don't like about Small Soldiers? I think, honestly, one of my... There's so much going on already, and to kind of shoehorn the relationship, the romance between Alan and Christy, it really starts to make the film feel sloppy. Mm. And the two of them just don't have good chemistry in that way. Like, they work really well off each other when it comes to defeating, but not necessarily being romantically linked. Yeah, you know what? I, 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 I agree with half of that. I feel like, I, I almost feel like Kirsten Dunst was, was pulling a lot of weight in trying to create an attraction, create chemistry. I could see how, yeah, um, Sam something Randy. or other, 
Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gregory Smith. He was, yeah, Gregory Smith. That's yeah, of course. Gregory. That's what I said. What, what, what do you think I said? <laughs> Gregory Smith was not quite pulling his way. He's. I think he is trying to be too aloof and too like. Oh man, I don't really know how to talk to girls. I mean, if he's going for that, he needs to go way in, more into that and way like stumbling over his words or or what have you. I just I I didn't really play. I could see where you're trying saying. to act cool on it, top of that. It didn't so. seem yeah. like there was that much chemistry coming yeah. from him. I would say yes. <laughs> I agree. No, I have to expand. <laughs> I have to oh, make that's right. They're this on a podcast. All right. <laughs> I have to. I have to make a big problem from this small thing. Uh, let's go back to LJ. What's something else you don't like? Um, the thing that I realized watching this movie again, I, I knew it before, but it was one of those things where I was reminded of how dark this movie is. Cause it's been so long that mm. I, like since I've seen it and this was a movie I loved as a kid, but the whole Frank and Barbie thing and just like the toys, like attacking people and tying people up and, they had like, I don't know how many knives that the dad had in his toolbox. Apparently he had a lot. Mm. Um, so there was, it was just crazy to me. Like, I was like, man, this is like, you know, gremlins or something, you know, yeah. like, yeah. but with like toys or whatever, you know, and it, it, the, it was very dark and they were shooting when they were shooting drugs into the alcohol and stuff. I was just like, man, this is, <laughs> there's just all these things that like, I missed as a kid just because yeah. I didn't understand it, which, um, Dreamworks does have a go ahead. Oh, I was saying it's in there for both, so the kids and yeah. the adults can enjoy it. But but I will say, like, even though I was reminded of how dark this movie was, I was also reminded of how DreamWorks kind of walks that line really well with some movies. But I just felt like it leaned too much in the other direction with this movie. I mean, mm. it was it's it's still a fun movie in a lot of ways, but I was just kind of like, man, like I don't remember it being like this like this dark so i mean mm. yeah it was it didn't make it as fun i remember it being more fun, more fun. Than, than it turned maybe, out to be maybe the saturation levels on your tv weren't <laughs> high enough so <laughs> but how is that how is that dobly stereo was that was that really killing your ears i think world war ii is my favorite war yeah um anyway let's go back to uh josh what's something else you don't like Oh, there's so this is my favorite movie ever. So, you know, yeah, there must so be really hard. hard. Yeah, I, I get it. OK, we can we can skip you this time. It's OK. I, can, I, I have uh, a go, one. Go, go to Paul and, yeah. and come back to me. OK. OK. Um, The whole as memorable as the uh, Gwendolyn dolls coming to life. That scene is it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They have one chip mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they can make an army from that. I thought each each person. Each one of the commando elites has one chip. Mm-hmm. How are they going to take one chip? And I can understand maybe creating one Barbie, but how are they going to get like the legs and arms to move and all that on top of that? There's just a lot of things that unfortunate. Maybe I'm not as smart as the chip. I think that's the problem. Oh, wait, here's the answer, Paul. So, so there, there there's your answer, Paul. I, I think right. that's very clear. Thanks, Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> what? Robert Downey Jr. is in Weird Science. I've never seen Weird Science, so oh. I, I don't know. Um, I, I saw the USA show a little, a few episodes of that. Oh, so good. I didn't realize it was a movie until years yeah. later. Wow, it was a completely different cast, but it 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 had its charm. I will okay. say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a different show. <laughs> 
Um, is a word? Oh, no. Um, yeah, charms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the puns are flying tonight. And I, we not even from chat. I know, right? Okay. <clears throat> uh, wait. So I'm fine, trying to find the end mode there. Uh, Paul, what was your last one? I know you just had one, right? Uh, basically, the the Gwendolyn doll. Okay, thank filming. you, thank you. Okay, okay, all right. But I, I'm right with you there, Paul, about the Gwendolyn doll, and that that's very similar to something else I didn't like, which is, oh my gosh, <sighs> Archer seemed like he would not shut up for most of the movie, <clears throat> and then I thought it was Alan who kept telling him to shut up. That was the problem. Well, yes, and then Freaking the second Alan the second it's convenient. Up. For him to actually be quiet, because to prove that, to show that, oh no, Alan's crazy, his, his parents can't believe him, that's when Archer decides to be quiet. Oh, it's it's to show so how much. smart Archer is. Like, I know you're smarter than you're coming across. Go to walk to the edge of the table. <laughs> it just bothered me so much. Of all the yeah. times you pick, that's the yeah. time you pick. Oh, it just hurts me. Sounds like good writing for frustration. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear frustrate your audience. I don't want to hear it, Paul. <laughs> All right, Josh, that leaves you. What's that last thing you like or don't like? I should say. So probably the Dennis Leary character. Oh, really? Especially in the end, I don't really. I don't know. Like, I think as a recently being like seeing things like Civil War and Batman v Superman that really are addressing these like really like larger than life action sequences and uh-huh. like showing like the after effects of that like to me he just kind of seemed very two-dimensional and mm-hmm. very yeah. much like oh we're just gonna throw money at this and this, this problem will be like okay like there's there the emotional toll and like the psychological toll that this event took on people it it seems fantastical to us but to actually be in that spot like we just talked about it like it would be terrifying you know, I, it's funny oh. that you bring up that character because um, I'm actually going to bring that up in the spiritual speculations that character. Ooh, so really? Listener, make sure you hear that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> become become a reflux passer, one of our patrons via patreon.com or go to slash support and find out how to become a patron. And then you can get access or you can subscribe to us on Twitch. And then you can get access to those there. I am not quite as regular in getting those out on Twitch, unfortunately. I try to be, but I'm not always as regular in getting mm-hmm. you the bonus content. My apologies. It's, it comes out <clears> soon <throat> enough. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's... So, you know what? I, I feel like... <sighs> jo- I'm, I, I, <laughs> like I'm being Did watched. I break him? No. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right that I could see that there'd be this emotional toll on people going through that experience. But if any of them would just have a bat, I think most of this would just be <laughs> null and void. I mean, just like but it's the X thousand. Oh man! Oh oh you oh you sold me. No, you didn't. But that's okay. That's okay. Let's talk about the things that sold us the least on this movie. What what we made us just like thinking. Yeah, this is small soldiers, sure, but these are massive problems that we have with this movie. What are tragic makers? Let's begin with LJ. It's actually perfect that I'm first one to open this up because I'm going to piggyback off of what Josh was saying about the end. Oh, yeah. And what drove me nuts is that nobody learned anything this entire uh, movie. Oh, no moral, yeah. Because he basically just wrote everybody checks and they're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like, it just, I was like, okay, first off, you're going to start with one, yeah. with 
the thing I didn't like. And then that just kind of kind of sealed the deal. And I was just like, nothing like nobody learns anything from this movie. Uh, Dennis Leary, his character, you know, he's just there to, to sell. And, you know, he's the CEO of this company, like, which in that way, I think his character is good because that's all he's, you know, that's what he's focused on. But at the, Go ahead. I will say someone learned something. Christy learns to date boys her age. It's <laughs> <laughs> even though I feel like he was at least. In my, I don't. I wonder if he was the same age as her actually, because he felt younger to me. He did feel younger, but I think that's more of the height difference than anything else. But I, I have no idea. Yeah. But but I think they're like seventeen or something like. Yeah. Or, and he's like fifteen. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, and that's so, what it comes across as. It just drove me nuts that. That's fair. Like, That's nobody fair. learned anything. They just mm-hmm. all like, you know, they t- took a check and they're like, okay, cool. Like, all right, bye. You know, like, and then I think it was, it was also the part whenever he said, you know, throw a couple zeros on them and go send them off. And I'm just like, okay, so. Okay. You so know what? If you, received a, if you received a check with that many zeros, you might be okay. Too. <laughs> I know I would. Right. But yes. yeah, I mean, I, I have to, yeah. Like I would definitely question that as like, to me, like I wouldn't look at it. Like they were just kind of like instantly like, cool with it. Like, all right. Um, that is but, life changing paper right there. I tell yeah, you, man. it probably is. But an- another thing that, that did drive me nuts is whenever, uh, Dennis Lurie's character, he's like, you know, throw a couple more zeros on, on the price and ship them away, ship them to this other war with these rebels or whatever. And I'm just like, Okay, he doesn't learn anything either, you know? Like, he learns how to expand his profit margin. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't like to me it just didn't make it worth it because it's like okay, you acquire these toys in this super illegal way. Illegal? It, how do you yeah, acquire well, them illegally? Well, like Alan, when Alan acquires them. Oh, the, the, oh I think like, I'm Dennis Leary. I'm like yeah, uh, he well, bought the company. Yeah, no, like, Alan doesn't go get any yeah, right. Yeah. But it was for just ceiling. the for the movie to start in a way I didn't like and for it to end in such a way that I thought was even worse was very tragic for me. Morally bankrupt. Did yeah. you feel like his parents learned to trust him? Because I don't, but I think if you <laughs> did, then maybe that's one way they grew. They don't go into that, but yes, I feel like they did because they were sitting there having that conversation. And when they found, when they did see they were alive, they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe we should listen to him more." Yeah, yeah. Kind of, no apology, but, they, but okay. They never go into that, but I feel like that maybe could be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Okay, I'm sorry. We're, we are just yeah. going off on this, and I don't know why. But I, I, I'll say one more. I'll say one more thing, and then I'll be done with my 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 exposition on <laughs> LJ's tragedy maker. Oh, I told you Captain. there would be no mercy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been great if they'd given Alan, the kid, the main lead kid guy, some sort of flaw that made him have to leave these other schools. Like uh, that could still be a story point, he's but arsonist. maybe, yeah, maybe he's an arsonist. I don't know. Something that could be redeemed to use against these toys. I think that would have been really helpful. I think that would have shown growth that, oh, he's, yeah, he has this thing that he he had this thing that he meant for evil, but God meant for good. I don't know. Something like that. That'd be interesting. I think that would have made it a a more, a deeper movie is all I'm trying to say. Anyway, 
still be morally bankrupt, but at least it would have yeah, tied like, there were yeah. not any, there weren't there weren't mm-hmm. any I guess a short way of putting it is there aren't any redeemable qualities to me like at the end of this movie. Yeah. I, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. Let's but to me. What's okay, Josh, what's unredeemable for you about this movie? So one of the things that I found in watching this, as much as I love this film because it's your favorite and, movie. It's like, it totally is. <laughs> Uh, for the listeners that may or may not know, I run a podcast that marries pop culture subjects to mental health mm-hmm. and suicide prevention. And we believe that our, our show, our core value is no one is gone. Like mm-hmm. no matter how bad something seems, hope is always real. Mm-hmm. Resources are always available and you have value. And that is watching the hopelessness continue consistent hopelessness of the Gorgonites just really started to depress me because for every time that Alan would say something positive to him, Archer always had something to say, you know, we were designed to lose. Like, Mm -hmm. like this is the reason why we were created. We were created specifically to lose. And that is basically saying like, that's basically like having a life and saying, uh, well, I'm not going to enjoy all the little moments that exist in between mm. life and my death because mm. I'm literally born just to die. Like, no, like God gave us air. God gave us friends. God gave us community. God literally sent his son to die so that mm-hmm. we could know hope <clears throat> and that we could know life to the full extent. Totally. Yeah. And, that hope it just it having been around people that have been that have that mentality is very draining mm-hmm. in and of itself for yeah. one and two it's just i, I just want to encourage just want to use that to encourage listeners that mm-hmm. you have value and there are always resources available to you and that it might look hopeless right now in the season but it gets better and that was something that just really, really bothered me about them is was just their hopelessness. But they kind of redeemed themselves in the end where they stood against them and came against their programming. Yeah. Uh, right. I, that was a fun moment. Okay. So, Josh, are you saying that uh, they presented this very real problem that uh, we struggle with, but they didn't provide an answer for it? So it's just... Leaves you with this uh, kind of hopelessness, or it's it's specifically the one scene where Alan is trying to speak hope and speak life into Archer as the leader of the Gorgonites, mm-hmm. and his constant rebuttal is, "We were designed specifically to, to lose." You. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure I know I have felt that way in periods of my life. So oh, I have that, too. that is a real, you're right. So that is a real struggle that, yeah, even though you provide an answer that doesn't take that, that feeling away that yes, but we're all going to die anyway. Yeah. I guess, I guess the, this sort of goes back to what LG was saying. The Gorgonites do grow and figure out that, you know what? Archer says, we can't just stand by here. They're helping us. They, we have to do something. And they go on to, I guess, go against their programming, so to speak, and and actually fight and do what they can to help uh, Alan. 
So and don't worry, Yosemite answers all the problems. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. It's you just go there. It's Gorgon. It's perfect. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so I, give me a flashback to the episode, and I'm remembering it now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a that's a that's a really strong uh, tragic maker, Josh. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go to. You know, what? I'm just gonna go mine next because it's sort of uh, it takes bits and pieces of what we've been discussing here. Okay. <sighs> okay. So when we <laughs> yes, drum roll. When we uh, go to when we we go to uh, Robert Picardo's character, he's sort of the scientist in the the clean room and is giving exposition about the the chips and what they were designed for. Yes. All that. And he says something to the effect of uh let's see. These chips can can learn. They they can actually learn what to do and Yeah. It's not artificial intelligence, it's real intelligence. Well, okay. So it's hard to believe that first off, it's hard to believe that these chips, once they're put in toys, all of a sudden become sentient. That seems way above board. No matter what programming you're having, it seems like crazy to think that these these toys would become like oh yeah i i can recognize myself they can't they don't have any sensors except for sight apparently but because they can't feel the wind and all that but it's okay they become sentient so that's hard to believe on the face of it and then you have that it's not only that it was these strongly these chips that were created uh, with a lot of intelligence but they were made for ammunition or munitions like mm-hmm. smart bombs and stuff Mm-hmm. So that creates this whole odd conflict because why would you put learning into a chip that is going to explode on impact in the munitions it's a part of? Well, <laughs> we don't know who fired first, but we know it was us who made the sky black <laughs> oh, or dark in the sky. <laughs> Thank you, Morpheus. That's very compelling. Yeah, a very compelling us against argument. the robots. We're preparing for the Matrix. Come on. It just seems um, so ridiculous that it was munition chips that was able to spawn this life and that there'd be even that type of uh, machine learning inside chips made to just be ultimately destroyed after you've hit their target. Yes, Josh? Said, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, there's at the end, there's one line in the Major Chip Hazard versus Archer where he basically says something to the effect of, I'm chip says to archer i'm going to stab you and see what your guts are made of mm-hmm. yes and he says oh my my insides are gadgets and wires the same as yours mm-hmm. archer f- seems very self-aware whereas yeah. major chip hazard does not mm-hmm. so to what extent does that mean that the does that mean that when they programmed the Gorgonites, the Gorgonites were programmed smarter than the Commando Elite? No, no. Um, what's his name? Gorgonite, the leader guy. He he. Archer has. Oh uh, yeah, Archer browsed through the Encarta Encyclopedia. He oh, knows he a does lot have, more now. Yeah, that's so, a fair point. He's learned he's fair, a lot more. Fair enough. <sighs> but man, uh, so that that was that's just really. When I started thinking about that, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So I, that's that was my tragic maker. But that leaves us with Paul. What is your tragic maker for small soldiers? 
you know, there's a lot of things in this movie that don't make sense. So you kind of have to put your brain on hold when watching this. <laughs> and unfortunately, as as blown away as some scenes that I am, when you have to put your brain on hold for that long, I was absolutely bored through most of this movie. <laughs> I, through the first two thirds, I was trying to find like, isn't there anything else I could be doing? Like trying to check my phone or or whatever. And by the third act, I was checked out like completely. I had my phone and I was occasionally looking up like, yeah, I hear the explosions. Yeah, I just recently saw this. We just recently reviewed it. Uh, so like, I this I'm sorry, but this movie is boring. <laughs> That's you know what? I will say, oh, as I was watching that, I, I would pause it to like get up and like get water or what or a snack or whatever. I'm like, there's that much of this movie left. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's me. Yeah, that, I, yeah. Apparently, me too. But that's fair. So just it was the pacing about it seemed to just slog a bit. I guess there were some scenes that I was really invested in. I was like, okay, but those scenes didn't last as long. But I'm they they are there throughout the movie. Yeah. But I think whatever I, for whatever reason that's bunching that together just didn't hold my interest. I will say that this movie does feel like it takes it there are sequences that feel too long. Mm-hmm. To where they do slug, to where they do feel too extended. The pacing at times feels clunky. Mm-hmm. And to me, it, like we talked about this on, on Victims, where you had mentioned that originally this was original target demographic was supposed to be teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then they went back and retold it for families. And I think in that family, they're looking at other blockbusters of that day and they're saying, we need this to be longer. Had this movie been like an hour and a half, the narrative been a little bit tighter. You take out some of the character moments. I, I think that it would have been more effective to where you would have had more of a conversation like what me and LJ like being nostalgic with this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, I don't know how his final rating came out. That's so true. We'll watch, watch, find out here in a second, which <laughs> speaking of which, now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. All right, guys. Do we rate Small Soldiers a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this, whether they've seen it before or not. A nostalgic, it's worth a rewatch. If you enjoyed it as a kid, probably it's going to be a good use of your time to watch it again. Or a tragic, whether or not you've seen it before, it doesn't matter. Just don't go back to this movie. Don't give it another rewatch. All right, so let's start with one of our guests, LJ. What's your final rating for Small Soldiers? (laughs) Okay, so the one thing I I do love love about the podcast that you know that and the episodes that you guys do is you know it causes us to look back at these movies and and really like check ourselves or or be able to go into it being like oh that was better than i thought you know or or something like that you know it's this was one of those movies i feel like was was what i needed in an episode for for sure was because i hadn't seen it in a while and i loved uh-huh. this movie as a kid um, and I had the action figures like I, it, or my birthday is like July 31st. So this was like, oh, perfect. Prime, like the, it was prime time when they were selling toys. They had a tabletop game called like the big battle game that I had. Uh, we had all kinds of stuff, you know, like, I had all the toys and everything. Nice. So, awesome. 
And so, which, when you mentioned, like, you wish the toys could be, like, that accurate, you know, I was like, man, I wished at the time, too. Um, but I guess it was, the movie was so nostalgic for me that giving this a rewatch, I think I was able to really finally see some of those parts where it does fall short. And so I'm going to give it a tragic. Oh, because, my. Because I did rewatch this movie. Like, I think when we say nostalgic... I think we're seeing, I think we're saying like, Hey, if it's been a while since you've seen this movie, you may want to give it a, another rewatch to exactly to remind yourself if you like it or not. Right. And I, you know, I maybe at another point I would have said, I mean, I, like I said, my prediction was nostalgic, but right. when I gave it that rewatch that the, the title of nostalgic, you know, recommends, I ultimately, I'd, I'd give it a, a tragic because like, there, the the Gorgonites did have that redeemable quality at the end. Mm-hmm. I will say mm-hmm. that it was cool to see them, you know, you know counter their programming. And uh, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, it just wasn't an enjoyable experience for me. Like mm-hmm. when my nephew gets old enough, I this is this is one that I don't think I'm going to show him necessarily. Like yeah. I, just I just really like I I had my fill. I rewatched it like I wanted to, and yeah. I think I can move on now. It kind of yeah. sounds like. It's one of those movies where there's movies where you watch it as a kid and you you like it as a kid, and then when you watch it as a grown up, you're like, oh, there's all mo- this all this whole other level I get to experience mm-hmm. now. Sounds like it doesn't really have that for you, which is unfortunate. But right, right. All right, well, let's go with Josh. What is your final rating for Small Soldiers? So, there is a reason that I'm wearing a black hoodie because I seem to be the black sheep. Because I'm gonna <laughs> keep with nostalgic. Nostalgic. All right. I when you asked me to be a part of this episode, I it did. I was like, I don't care if this means I'm staying up till one a.m. I I adore this movie. Oh, yeah. like yeah. There, there's this this movie is not inherently a great movie, but it still had just still holds those those factors. I I would never. It's probably not a film that I would recommend people seeing. I, I feel like if you this is a film that you grew up on, go back and check it out sometimes, but this is not a film that's important and I think ultimately has the makings of a cult classic. So mm, to say. Yeah. that's fair. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. All right. So a nostalgic and tragic and in chat, not that we're counting these, but just to, to add to it, uh, uh, Dale said he'd probably rate it n- nostalgic. Awesome. And how about you? Paul? Man. <laughs> what yeah. is your, your final rating, Paul? Um, I'm, I I was kind of stunned by uh, War J's uh, tragic bomb there, and you know what? I Bombs away, because here comes another tragic. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, if you were like somewhere between the ages of eight and ten, I would recommend this. Okay. Uh, I think, especially if you're a boy, I would. Mm-hmm. I think you would get uh, a lot out of this. Yeah. And as far and, and the effects, uh, surprisingly, do hold up really well. Um, but I would, I hope we don't have to review it again because <laughs> I don't want to see this movie again. <laughs> well, that's, that's why whenever I, I was, I watched this movie, I was like, man, I guess this is the nail in the coffin right here. Like, I mean, there's, there are like, there are still things I enjoyed about it, but I was like, sure. okay, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question for, uh, Paul and LJ, since you've read this tragic so far and, uh, Josh, feel free to add on to it too. 
Would you suggest a movie like G.I. Joe the movie over this movie? Like, Ooh. we haven't reviewed that yet. No, no, no. The animated version. Oh, the animated. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend the live action. Oh, okay. But I would recommend <laughs> uh, To be honest, I haven't seen the animated Oh, really? Oh, okay. And you know what? It's not that, like, super wonderful compared to, to this. But for me, I personally, if I had to choose between the two, I'd rewatch the animated G.I. Joe movie. I would oh, okay. say there are definitely other movies I would choose over this to like show. I think of like, like my nephew, like people, a kid, like when he's going to get to be the age where I can start, uh, start uh, showing him cool movies like the, like this, this is going to be lower on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if they do come out with toy story five and this, they battle the, the commando elite here, I'll be there opening weekend. Oh, oh totally. Yeah, oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> Awesome, yeah. guys. Well, uh, and then we have another chime in from chat. Enthusiast says, I do go nostalgic. All right. So chat is pretty much nostalgic about this. For me, though, I, I got I got nuke it from Orbit. Only way to be sure. It's a tragic for me. <laughs> chat, Chat's got your back, Josh. Don't feel bad. I, I knew that coming into this that I was going to be the black sheep. I was like, LJ's the wild card. He could go. He could go I either way. I was excited yeah. to watch this movie, and so I think that's. I mean, to me, like it was. Dis- to me, it's disappointing that I consider it tragic because I had. F- I, I still have fond memories of this movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, I, it's I was, really. I was really, stunned with my feelings about it. Yeah, it really totally. is tragic when you come to that conclusion, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and man. I've never had that experience until now. Dun, 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 oh. Also to uh to echo something that paul said earlier uh this movie is one of missed opportunity for one yeah two it has never actually been released in any other format outside of vhs or dvd oh really there's no blu-ray or there is in other regions, but there is not in oh, our. You can get it. You can stream it in 1080p. It's um, on Netflix. It's on Netflix, yeah. Uh, Which, okay. if it's on Netflix, isn't everything on Netflix required to be 4K, or is that grandfathered for older movies? Not everything's 4K. No. Okay. I uh, guess only the new stuff is. I'm sure your "It's a Wonderful Life" is a beautiful 4K for you, Paul. Hey, <laughs> we will table that for another time. Whoa. <laughs> Take your Casablanca and shove <laughs> shots fired, bro. <laughs> and and shove that for another one. Oh my gosh. Well, according to the Retro Rewind podcast and all the shots fired here, we rate Small Soldiers a disputed tragic film. We would not recommend you go and see this. Uh, even if you enjoyed it as a kid, it probably won't hold up for you today. All right. But now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX. Sat online. Receiving incoming transmission. Ooh, feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1998 to begin with if it weren't for for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feeling Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, James Cannison, Daryl Hafner, Kevin Joshua Burnham, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronbetter, and Pastor Dustin, in addition to four other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to see how. 
Still a tongue twister after all these years. <laughs> and while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a big toy hug. Uh, I was going to say that. All right. And while we're and while we're thanking our supporters, we want to give a big commando hug to our subscribers on Twitch, which is another way to send us some Gorgonite bucks every <laughs> month. <laughs> if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. Find out how at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Twitch Prime. But hey, let's keep the gratitude train going now because we ha- love hearing from you, be it our iTunes, our Apple Podcast reviews, comments on our website, or through our contact form. Uh, and we don't have any new feedback from you, but we do love hearing from you if you ever have any. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out to us. RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 193 is the place to find timestamps for this episode, links to contact us, and links for voting on the movies you want us to review. This We wouldn't have reviewed this movie if LJ had not vote, uh, nominated it. Uh, so and you voted for it. And it's you voted for fault. it. Yes, this I is know, your I, fault. I asked for this. We blame you, our awesome listeners. Uh, That's all right. I, I don't. So. <laughs> oh, here's I told Josh. You, you the playing the good guy. <laughs> He's got good cop, good podcaster, bad co- podcaster situation. I get it. Uh, but that's not the only place you can reach us. Uh, Paul, where else can people find the show and also yourself? There will be no mercy. <laughs> you can feel free to talk to us and share anything you like or find funny. That is 15 years or older on our social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can join our Discord server by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. Also, as I mentioned, we are on Twitch. You can watch and chat with us live, like right now, like we have some people doing as we uh, interact with them. And uh, as we record this podcast, play retro video games and create pixel art by following us at twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod. If you just want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can uh, go to Yosemite and find the Gorgonites and uh, let me know that you did that by going to pauljpowers.com and telling me that you did. Great. Thank you, Paul, for being an awesome friend, uh, awesome fellow Gorgon, and uh, co-hosting this podcast with me. So appreciate getting to do this podcast with you. I appreciate getting to do this again with (laughs) you and Josh. I really do. He said not sarcastically. You love this movie. (laughs) You really do. I do. And I'm really super grateful for our guests for coming on and taking time to discuss small soldiers with us. So let's start with Captain Nostalgia. Josh, please tell us how to find you online and is there anything you'd like to promote? Sure. So, uh, victims and villains, you guys can go to victimsandvillains.net where you guys can find our suicide prevention resources. You guys can find our past episodes and follow our reviews and all of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Those are our main things. And you should check out victims and villains because everything else is just a podcast. All right. And I don't know if that's true, if you think that's true, LJ, because I think you have a podcast, too. So, LJ, why don't you tell us about that? Well, first of all, thank you again for coming on here and helping us review and how people tell us. Please tell us how people can find you online. Uh, You can find me personally on Twitter or Instagram at LJ. And uh, if you get the chance, check out geeksundergrace.com. We recently revamped our website and did a lot of cool quality of life improvements there. And we, too, also 
have a podcast called the Geeks Under Grace Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And we, too, also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Geeks Under Grace, because it's a small world after all. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, uh, Josh and LJ, for being here. At throwing on, wrapping in some awesome puns, uh, related movies. Relate. Pun movie related puns. Wow, where's your heart at the end there? But yeah, it's awesome getting to do this show with you guys. Uh, but that's not all. Mostly, I appreciate you. Yes, you listen right this very second, and this second, and this second too. Uh, whether this is your first time listening to the show or you're part of our Rewinder community, thanks for spending time with us, and we pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. My, uh, pff, wow. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at FXRUIZX. And you can hire me to do pixel art illustrations for you via Fiverr at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. Or just DM me on Twitter or Instagram. That works too. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. And if you're still listening, even if on accident, <laughs> <laughs> we're glad you are still here. Because we're also proud to be part of the, the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. You can catch us at CGC or our website, but like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Batman Begins, our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. What, what happened to this? What happened to this movie? We give it all these tragics. This pot, this ship's coming down around us. Who's going to pay for all of this? I guess Warjay is with his typing <laughs> skills. You know what, guys? You know what we forgot to do? What? We promised our listeners that in between all the Indiana Jones movies for these next uh, these next two years, we'd be doing something else. Do you remember what that is, Paul? Yeah, young Indiana Jones, baby! Yeah! Then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Trust me. Are you making this up as you go along? Yeah? Serious! Don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones. Mission accomplished. Full throttle. No Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. Happens to me all the time. This is your first installment of Retro Rewind Podcast Reviews, Young Indiana Jones. We're going to be taking a quick uh, review of each episode leading up to the next two Indiana Jones movies, because there's only three Indiana Jones movies. Surprised you didn't know that. Um, What? (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to listen to our review of... uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, go back to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 191. But we're going to get into this discussion of uh, episode one of Young Indiana Jones. Do you, can you give us the technicals for when that came out, Paul, what it was called, all that stuff? Not prepared. No, that's why I should, I should have said something. I, or I could have been prepared. <laughs> well, this is kind of strange. And oh. you can include this. Okay. Uh, because the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles is the name of the series that first appeared on TV. Mm-hmm. It has since been uh, re-edited, and they combined episodes f- for home video use. And 
now it's called the adventures of the young indiana jones so we're going to be reviewing the so adventures much sense right the young indiana jones mm-hmm. okay so uh the it first appeared on television march 4th 1992 with basically the first episode that we're reviewing is called uh, Our, my, my first adventure my first adventure which is actually episodes one and two the first episode was called yeah. young indiana jones and the curse of the jackal and then the second episode was called london may two th- or 1916 so uh it it was directed by different people <laughs> <laughs> it was written by different people <laughs> that's that's fine paul we'll 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 hash these out we'll we'll whip things into shape for next time but yeah. that that's fair. Okay, good. That's a, a good overview. And actually explains some of my dislikes. But uh real quick, let's just go around. Let's start with uh Josh. What are the things you liked about this? Rapid fire. Nothing. Next. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh the nothing wasn't in this. I think you're talking about never ending story. That's a completely different thing. But uh LJ, what did you like about this? I liked the character of uh what was his name? Ned Lawrence. I think Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, he was good. I was surprised oh. to see him in that. I liked mm-hmm. him. To, to me, that was a, a good model for a young Indiana Jones to be like, hey, I want to be an archaeologist and I want to mm-hmm. be an adventurer like him. You know, like yeah. that was a good way to, to start off the character. Was that the guy on the bicycle? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I did like him. Um, anything else, LJ? Uh, just, go also, through, just go through them all as quickly as possible. Um, I also like a boulder's the, coming. Yeah, I go LJ. <laughs> I like the historical value of of the yeah. events that took place. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, it did seem like like the King Two in Common. Uh, it happened around the time they're like looking for it around that same time, and so that that seemed to line up, which is awesome. Uh, for me, I really like the actor who played the Indiana Jones, uh, uh Henry Junior, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Um, yeah. And most of the actors I appreciate. I like the guy who did his dad. I thought he did a decent Sean Connery. I uh, the <laughs> I thought Owen is the dad. Corey Carrier is the young Indiana Jones around okay. the age. I should say around the age of what did he say nine ten around something there? like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the the I I thought the the tutor the school mistress whatever. Yeah. I thought she did. Seymour. What was Mrs. Seymour? Her character name is Miss Helen Seymour. Yeah. I thought I wasn't going to like her, but I actually grew to like her. So, yeah, same here. She grew on me. Yeah. So th- those are the things I liked. And actually, the first adventure, the first half of this whole episode, quote unquote, I liked. Go ahead, Paul. Your turn. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm going to turn it over to Josh real quick. Yeah. So I actually have something that I do like now oh, that oh, I'm okay. remembering. I think the relationship between henry and omar was really a great dynamic oh, yeah, yeah. To yeah it was have. it was really refreshing especially for when you look at how people of african descent or colored or minorities were treated in that time because uh, this episode gets dark real quick uh but it was nice to kind of see that juxtaposition of a human actually treating someone of difference as a human. Mm. Yep. Totally. Uh, oh. The things that I really liked about this is I thought it was a great sense of adventure peppered in. It had, uh, at least I remember one dramatic 
music point da, 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 <laughs> I thought was, <laughs> was fun. I actually, I, I agree with you, Francisco. I like the actors in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the and I love the fact that they introduced the dog Indiana yes. in this. Yeah, yeah. And I and I like the father. His accent sounds like it could be a young Sean Connery yeah, with exactly. the way he slurches eshes and and the way he says Junior. And and mm-hmm. I I thought it was great. And and yeah, the historical uh, background in this, yeah, awesome, awesome, guys. Okay, well, so there were some things we liked about it. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes of this discussion. <laughs> what did we not like? Still, still go rapid fire. Uh, so go through them as quickly as possible. But let's start again with Captain Nostalgia. Uh, Josh, what did you not like about this first episode? <clears throat> the writing, the mm. acting. <laughs> Um, Come on, that dude is fine. I don't understand how this kid could be Indiana Jones. Like, I see like little pieces of it, <laughs> but like to me, like they just never really did enough to warrant this being a me being like, okay, this is the this is the iconic Indiana Jones. Whereas I kind of felt where that I'm not going to even try to pronounce the guy's name, but the guy that played the uh, Han Solo in Solo, like I could look at him and be like, okay, I can see this character becoming Harrison Ford. Like, huh. I'm I'm okay with this. But uh, yeah, that and just the probably the way that it's structured, because like knowing that it's basically two different episodes pasted together and presented as one long episode. It creates this really sloppy environment, terrible narrative, but even worse than that is like I said, with just a couple minutes ago, like the, when they start to introduce the scenes of like the slavery and like the people being like the kids being beat, it goes Mm -hmm. dark real quick. Mm, Yeah. And then it's like, Rainbows and sunshine, it's like we're back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the people we cared about were back. Uh, do the other people matter? What? Oh yeah. I guess oh. <laughs> um, Everybody I, matters. I kid, guys. Jeez. Do they? <laughs> yes, in God's economy, <laughs> they do. All right. Well, uh, this got dark real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LJ, what things did you not like? First thing, uh, because of editing and the way they meshed the episodes together, I didn't like how they left that first part open-ended. He's right. like, well, yeah. oh my gosh, he yeah. has it. And they're like, well, he has it, but he doesn't have it on him. And then they moved on to the next episode. I'm like, okay, cool. And I thought it was like, oh, we're, they're tracking him down. They're going mm-hmm. to, they're following him. And then it's completely different. It's yeah. a whole different topic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other thing I thought was weird is, it felt like he aged by a couple years in between those episodes. He did. Yeah, like yeah. two or three years passed. Yeah. Between them. yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The editing on this, I, I think is unfortunate because when it was first aired, they had at the beginning and end of every episode, they had the old indie who's like in his eighties, introduce the story and end it. And through that, you probably get a resolution to the, the murder mystery rather oh. than just oh here's a guy that doesn't have the the missing piece on him what happened to him and then mm-hmm. you know honestly because there's a difference in years i think the first one was probably a pilot that they shot yeah. first yeah. That makes and and the, and they actually wanted this series to go a little bit longer but it was canceled because this got so expensive to film anyway but 
uh, so yes, the editing is bad. I agree, Josh. The writing I thought was uh, frustrating because they introduced this the the dog at the beginning. I was like, okay, they call him. The parents call him Henry. They call the dog Indiana. Oh, and then the they the kid gets separated from the dog real quick. Well, they gotta introduce how he starts calling him Indiana at some point. No, because in the middle of the second movie or the second part. The slave is calling him Indiana, and we I never thought, understood why. Because I thought I missed something. No, yeah, they, like I went back. Sorry, I went back several times, and I'm yeah. like, did I miss a detail? Yeah, did I miss something. Jeez. Yes, somebody made. Here are key things in the Indiana Jones's <laughs> life that you want to see right? transitions and stories about that they did not do at all. Uh. In fact, poorly because I think his mom still calls in that second half. His mom still calls him Henry, and his dad still calls him Junior, but everyone else calls him Indy, so or Indiana. So there's bad uh, stuff going on. Yeah, there. And, and honestly, there's a this is a product of its time. It's it's boring as well. It's trying to catch up to the you know better parts. So uh, I you know yeah I I would say the first half of the first what's really the first episode was kind of boring and stale, but then. After they get to Egypt and they're sort of exploring and stuff and climbing yeah, on the when pyramids, they start climbing and, up the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. where it's. Oh, this is getting interesting. I like this. And yeah. you know what? I, I guess the the locations that where they're fil- like filming in in Cairo and Egypt. I thought that was so cool, and this looked so cinematic, mm. which made the things that I didn't like even worse. The the whole like I. I, I'm glad you explained what was going on, Paul. That was like two separate episodes mashed together. But what a poor choice. Who thought yeah. that that was a good idea? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Someone who didn't I want like this. I like I was watching the succeed. wrong thing the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that mummy story and uh, the safe story, yeah, they are just too disconnected. Um, I didn't. I, I thought I was somehow missing, like, there there was a resolution for the mummy story. And that was just such a, that part was so adventurous, and I liked what was going on. Yeah. And the, I thought the slave story was good, but it's like, why, why is this, it just threw me for such a loop that there, the yeah. narrative didn't continue, even though it seemed they like the same characters. It as two separate episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's my biggest gripe with it. Um, and then it felt like I, I, I wish that I would, I almost wish the, I mean, maybe if, if that second episode actually happened later, but they coupled it with this one because it seemed to happen around the same time frame, then that this makes sense. But if, if, if this was the second episode, I would almost be like, I want another big adventure. It didn't seem like a big adventure. It just seemed like Indy had to get out of trouble, which you expect too much. I can't. I guess so. (laughs) This is not the Indiana Jones of the movie. I I suppose not. But he's not there yet. All right. I got it, Paul. Thanks. Building. So hopefully you enjoyed this after podcast credits uh, look at Young Indiana Jones episode one slash episode one and episode two or some (laughs) some semblance of that. Thank you so much, LJ and Josh and Paul. And yeah. moi for joining us tonight to talk about this. We'll be covering episode two. If you want to catch up with us on places, apparently not Amazon prime that may or may not be legit. We're, we're not going to judge you. We're not, we're not here to judge you. Or are we, or are we? <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you want to somehow keep up with us, we'll be covering this uh, next month in February. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye.
Oh, you were not there yet either. We're still building to John Williams. 